Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus passed through towns and villages, teaching as he went and making his way to Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord, will only a few people be saved? He answered them, Strive to enter through the narrow gate. For many, I tell you, will attempt to enter, but will not be strong enough. After the master of the house has arisen and locked the door, then will you stand outside knocking and saying, Lord, open the door for us. He will say to you in reply, I do not know where you are from. And you will say, We ate and drank in your company and you taught in our streets. Then he will say to you, I do not know where you are from. Depart from me, all you evildoers. And there will be wailing and grinding of teeth when you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, and you yourselves cast out. And people will come from the east and the west, and from the north and the south, and will recline at table in the kingdom of God. For behold, some are last who will be first, and some are first who will be last." The Gospel of the Lord. There is something extraordinary and beautiful and overwhelming and terrifying about the Gospel that we just heard. Jesus explaining who will be saved in that moment. The idea that the door can be closed and there'll be, other, there'll be people on the other side of it. The whole conversation, obviously, as we just heard, comes up because someone asks, Lord, will many be saved? And Jesus basically says, he doesn't answer the question by giving statistics or numbers or a percentage. He just simply says, concern yourself with whether or not you will be saved. Concern yourself with you. Like, as for you, person asking, Strive. You are the one, right? You strive to enter through the narrow gate. And he says it will be hard, for many will try to enter through and they won't be able to do it. They won't be strong enough. They won't have the strength to do so. What's he talking about? Like, Jesus, are you saying we got to get like spiritually like stronger? We got to be these spiritual Olympians to bust down this gate? Like, there's something like we need like a, a battering ram of our spiritual lives to bust down the gate? No. Right? No, not at all, actually. It's not about having bigger spiritual muscles. It's not about that kind of strength. Right? Jesus, he's the king of paradoxes. It's actually about a different kind of strength that manifests itself in what appears in this world as utter weakness. The strength required that Jesus is talking about, because he gets to it later in the gospel, is the vulnerability of letting oneself be known. I'm going to say that again. The strength that's required is the vulnerability of letting oneself be known. Will you have the strength to get over yourself, to get over your fears, to get over your ego, over your pride, 
and let yourself be known by me, he's asking. Will you have the strength, will you have the courage to go there with me? To those places that you haven't explored, those places that you've buried, will you have the strength to endure my gaze, to let me really, and I mean like really, see and know you? You have the strength for that, to endure that gaze. Will you be strong enough to endure the shattering of your illusions, of the persona that you've created? When we stand before the seat of grace, the throne of our King, and we're asked to unpack our heart and bring out from the treasury of our lives, all that we'll have to offer is what we've actually done and what we've actually become and what's actually in there. And everything that's just the pretense, everything that's fake, everything that we've projected out, all of that gets burned away. We stand there in the raw truth of what we are. He's asking, will you have the strength in this life to let that idol of self-perfection, let the persona, let the masks be shattered? Can you withstand the heat of my all-searching, all-penetrating glance, my eyes? Heard in that first reading, He who searches the heart. And mind you, this is not like the eye of Sauron from like the Lord of the Rings. This is not a terrifying glance. This is the glance of love himself. But for us who are these nocturnal creatures, light is painful. Those places in our hearts that are these nocturnal, dark, cavernous places, the light is blinding, it's painful. That's the glance. Will you endure the heat of my glance, which cuts away the persona you've created? Will you let me know you? Will you be strong enough to let me know you, is what he's asking. One of my, uh, a theologian that I I really love reading, Hans Urs von Balthasar, who had a very hard time in kindergarten with a name like that, he had this to say about this. Holiness, he says, consists in enduring God's glance. Holiness consists in enduring God's glance. It may appear mere passivity to withstand the look of an eye, but everyone knows how much exertion is required when this occurs in an essential encounter. Our glances mostly brush by each other indirectly, or they turn quickly away, or they give themselves not personally, but only socially. So too do we constantly flee from God into a distance that is theoretical, rhetorical, sentimental, aesthetic, or most frequently, pious. Or we flee from Him to external works, and yet, the best thing would be to surrender one's naked heart to the fire of this all-penetrating glance. The heart would then itself have to catch fire. Such enduring would be the opposite of a Stoic's hardening his face. It would be yielding, declaring oneself beaten, capitulating, entrusting oneself, casting oneself into him. It would be childlike loving, since for children the glance of the Father is not painful. With wide open eyes, they look into his. Little Therese, 
great little Therese could do it. To look at him who is looking at you. Friends, this morning, I just, I want us to feel what Jesus is saying in the gospel. There's a gravitas to this because he's saying in the final analysis, and this is according to Jesus, the one who opens and shuts the door, the one who's going to judge the living and the dead by fire, the fire of his love, Jesus, he's saying that eating and drinking with him, listening to him preach and teach in our streets, merely coming to Mass, merely being here, having your butt in the right pew, attending the right liturgy, saying a million rosaries, doing a million novenas, doing a million devotions, all wonderful things. is not what grants you access into the Father's house. There's only one thing. Will we have the courage to quietly and consistently and actually let Jesus know us? Will we be vulnerable with Him in confession and regularly? Will we be vulnerable with Him in prayer? Will we share our life with Him? Because He's going to ask us, do I know you? Like when we come to stand before him, he's going to look at us. Do I know you? Do I know you? He's already taken the first step in vulnerability. He's already shared everything with us in the Eucharist, in the sending of the Spirit, and he's just asking us to reciprocate. Bit by bit, consistently, quietly, humbly, every day. Amen.